Hello and welcome to the sixth and unfortunately the last episode of the first season of Megaphone Podcast. My name is Jakub and I will be your host during this first season of this audition. Through this podcast, we aim to show you new trends, threads and solutions which are made by civic activists all around the world. We look for things which were not discussed before, bringing you knowledge and inspiration for your work. Today our guest is Tudor Bratatan. Tudor is the executive director of The Click, a Romanian association of online campaigning, fighting injustice, destruction of the environment, inequality and human rights abuse. He studied sociology and European affairs, but earned his experience as a campaigner fighting large-scale mining projects in Romania, especially the Rosia Montana project. The campaign to stop it initiated in 2002 evolved into Romania's biggest social and environmental movement. Tudor was for about a year's part of the strategy and communication team, working together with a very determined group of people to craft the messages and activities that successfully prevented Europe's largest gold mine from happening. Today we'll talk to Tudor about how to successfully embed campaigning, use campaigning in the work of activists and NGOs. Hello. Hello. Thank you for finding time. Uh, I mean, we are already after Megaphone, but you have attended uh, both days and also did a session. So I wanted first to ask you if you could tell me a little bit more uh, in detail about the work which you and your organization is doing. Uh, the Click is our organization and we are an online campaigning group. Uh, we try to include as many causes as possible in our work. So uh both environmental social um societal themes in general become campaigns in our in our daily life and uh now we are uh, basically representing a community of online engaged citizens that is uh, 400,000 uh, people strong wow. uh this is people that basically signed online and petitions how many people lives in romania um Well, it's hard to say with the people that live so so often these days. But as Wikipedia say. But Wikipedia <laughs> says 19 million. Okay, so that is wow. That's actually is. Yes, if you are to count everybody, it would be a town the size of Cluj. So this town that we are here in, in here right now. So if you are to count every person, the change that they could do, you could see that the methods of online campaigning created this huge community that could tackle more important more bigger issues that otherwise would be left alone because only few people would care about them i see how do we define a campaign well a campaign usually uh, with us starts with an online petition that's how we bring people together first they sign something and then the campaigner starts coming with different tactics different ideas to make sure that the authority that that problem in the end becomes uh, solved by whoever is um, whoever has the uh, responsibility to solve it most of the cases it's uh, public authorities and uh, we start with an online petition and then uh, we email back the people who signed the, the online petition and we start working with them to create pressure on on the government to 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 change what is wrong and you are always working like this well there's uh, it's not a routine let's say sometimes um, most of the time we come up with uh, newer ideas and we try to come up with something uh, quite provocative each each time we 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 are faced with a campaign so uh if it means i don't know hiring a billboard with a crazy message or uh, getting an ad in a newspaper to draw the attention of the of the government officials i mean just this monday we handed over a golden chainsaw to the minister of uh, the environment who wants to clear cut the forest that would make room for a gold mine 
So we try to gold mine. Yeah, it, it's a uh, gold here in Romania. A lot of gold is found yeah, in Romania. Nice. And uh, actually, our group was formed in a campaign that lasted for many years, where we tried to stop, and we are successful to the date in stopping a, a gold corporation from extracting 300 tons of gold. This would be Europe's biggest gold deposit. And this village called Roșia Montana, I went there first time in 2002. And the things we did throughout the years basically shaped a new way of thinking, in, at least for us, uh, in the terms in which we basically stood against a huge corporation with a lot of goodwill from the Romanian government. Yet now, several years later, the, the mine does not exist. So all the things that we tried to do was just basically to corner them and make their project uh, impossible. We did a lot of uh, information on the public, we did a lot of awareness, but also huge uh, legal work. We sued every permit that the company obtained. And uh, in the end, uh, the, in 2013, they've gotten to the level in which they needed to change the legislation in order to make this mining project happen. And that was the first time in after the, the communist regime fell in Romania where a massive number of people took the streets. It was the first time when... Um, Which year was that? Uh, this was in 2013. It was um, as a was a countermeasure to uh, when the government announced that they will change the legislation to make the project happen. So they proposed a bill in parliament. And when that bill was submitted in the parliament on the 1st of September of 2013, it was one of the craziest days in my life. I was expecting like 1,000 people to show up. It would have been a success with 1,000 people. And then in the evening, I looked into a huge boulevard in Bucharest and I could not see the end of the crowd in either of the sides. So that huge wave of protest made the politicians back up. So in the end, the corporation sued Romania in an arbitration court. And our campaign wasn't so much, it, well, it need, didn't need so much activism. So we concentrated on uh, organizing this online uh, community. We called it the click. The click in Romania is a hub, basically, when you realize something, when mm -hmm. an idea occurs. And uh, we tried to get as many people involved into several issues. So not just environmental, not just about a village being destroyed by a gold mine, but whatever works wrong in our society to bring people power to basically change all these things for uh, for the better. So, but why have you decided to go with the campaign approach? What I'm trying to understand is how do you differ from other uh, NGOs and organizations who also try to achieve change? Well, we uh, I realized very soon that in, in this mindset of the project, where uh, every organization is project-oriented, mm -hmm. sometimes thinking in terms of project will not help you solve different problems. Some of them are not covered by different funders, for example. So what do you do then? You do not tackle that issue just because there is no funding available to tackle that issue. Maybe that funding is available, but for another time. So our mindset was, if this is going to succeed, then we need to separate our activity from uh, the traditional funding sources. Uh, so we basically ask members to contribute. Each time we have a call, which have, each time we do something, we ask members to contribute, to chip in basically with few, few lay in order to, to cover the bill at the end. And at the beginning, it wasn't so easy. Uh, the first fundraiser that we sent to the community wasn't so successful, but now we've gotten to the level... What do you mean you sent a fundraiser to the community? Well, we sent an email, basically. Okay. It's not... It's, not, yeah, <laughs> we, we could, a it's a lot of slang in our yeah, line yeah. of work. So uh, that uh, that email returned very very little money, but it didn't. It wasn't the first time when like the first uh, signs weren't so um, 
appealing. Yeah, but we continued. We started asking more and more. Whenever we had an idea, we didn't think of what would be the NGO that would fund this, what would be the company that would give money through a CSR project. We thought of how many people should chip in, I don't know, 10, 15 late, the price of a coffee or a beer in town. So that there's so many of them that in the end we get the money and we manage to do whatever we planned. And so the responsibility for that is not just ours as a team, but it's also the people who contributed for it. And this gave a lot of people a good opportunity with uh, little money and a little bit of time to be part of something way bigger that their personal or small impact could be with just one person. Okay, so to take me now through a campaign. How do you select a topic? And then what happens? Like, how do you develop an, an idea? <laughs> well, we have several criteria mm -hmm. in order to, to, to choose a topic uh, for a campaign. But we have also a possibility for members to start their own campaign. So part of our website is dedicated to them starting an online petition. And so each member, the moment they see something that is big in the news, the moment something bad happened, the moment that there's something that they want to change, everybody can start an uh, online uh, petition on our website. As long as it's not hateful, as long as it's not discriminatory or racist in any way, we accept all the people who want to, 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 to bring a change, a positive change to the society. Mm -hmm. With, let's say, more complicated issues or with more strategic issues that happen in the news and maybe none of the members wanted to start a campaign about it, that's when the declick thing comes in. And so we choose that topic and we, of course, start with an online petition because you want to bring a lot of people together and the online petition gives you a great way of bringing together a huge amount of people. So do you only select topics which, let, I don't know, can be popular in a terms, uh, can be popular because you know that you will attract a lot of people? Not, 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 not necessarily. Sometimes we choose topics just because they are not addressed, mm -hmm. and uh, we try to also to inform people of why that uh, that topic is important. And now, since we have this big community of people, even if it's um, of engaged citizens, basically, if it if it's something that only a few of them are interested, maybe just out of pure solidarity, others people would be interested in helping the ones affected to, to solve that problem. So it's it's a lot of criteria. Of course, we try to be as specific as possible when uh, when we target, uh, when, when we find the subject of a campaign. We don't want just, well, we would not have a petition ever that says stop climate change now. Who would we address this petition to? What would be the, what, yeah, what would mm -hmm. be the things that people could do in order to, to stop climate change? Now, an online petition is not something that is going to solve all the problems, but it's good at bringing people together. And, um, then we concentrate on what we call tactics, small okay. ideas that. So you have an, a topic and then, yeah, what happens then? Well, I mean, we try to see how much people from our community would be interested in uh, in that topic, and then uh, we send them an email. We ask them if they want to sign the petition. Uh, then we promote the petition on social media. More people sign it, and in the end, we when we consider that yeah, enough people have signed, that's when we submit the petition to the authority. We make an offline event. How do you decide if it's enough of the people? Well, it's if you go with a petition to change a certain provision in the forestry code, for example. Mm -hmm. Now, in order for the minister to listen to you, you have to come with a quite big number. If five people sign that petition, probably the minister is not going to bother. If 5,000 people already signed that petition, it's already something. It's, you are worth it as a, as a Do cause, you define this number as a go or do you define it before you start the campaign? Well, we kind of keep it in mind, and it's always good to be impressed with more people than you expected signing a, a petition like that. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's 
sometimes we had a petition signed by 150,000 people asking for the ombudsman of Romania to resign office, and he didn't. And we had another petition with 5,000 signatures that asked the, the senators to implement a mechanism to uh, verify the conditions in, mm-hmm. uh, in health and mental health institutions. And that bill passed. I mean, but uh, it's not necessarily a matter of numbers. It's a matter of how dedicated the people are, if they are willing to walk the extra mile to obtain what they need. Because at some moment, you will get a sort of dodgy answer from the authority. And if you don't follow up, if you don't put pressure on that authority to say, hey, sorry, this is not the way these things are, then your cause is slowly dying. But if you show commitment, if you take all the necessary steps to make your problem even or your your cause even better known, then it's more likely to be heard and to create an impact in the society in the end. Okay, so what tactics are you using in, in, in the campaign? So, I mean, first thing is, and lots of people, when they think of uh, online campaigns, they rarely do it. It's notifying the authority that there is a petition that it's addressed to them. So taking the time to send, in Romania it works very well with the fax. Mm-hmm. We still have fax machines. So <laughs> it's at least send the fax to that authority and let them know that Look, uh, this many people signed an online petition and they ask you for this. Because no matter, the law in Romania says that no matter how many people signed, if it's one, one, 100,000, you still have to get an answer. And uh, yeah, sometimes the petition with one signature, it gets like a very basic answer. The one with 100,000 signatures, now more people from, the, from that government authority will take the time to answer. And at least they talk about the issue. At least they know that there's proposals from a certain number of citizens. So this is why it's important to, to have as many people as possible. In, okay. Uh, okay, so we have the petition. Game. Okay, let's say you have 10,000 people. Okay. Yeah, then we notify the authority and uh, sometimes we just send the facts if it's a smaller uh, cause, let's say. Uh, sometimes when we need to draw attention, we make an event. We go there and we print the signatures. We printed it once, the 100,000 signatures under the shape of a carpet and we put it on the entrance of the Senate. So basically the people, the senators could walk on the people that signed or so like a flash mob? hear to them. Yeah, it was a little bit of a flash mob. The media picks up the very well this kind of events. And uh, yeah, the moment you make um, noise about your issue, that's when they start thinking about how to address your issue. No noise, they will not care. Uh, unfortunately, this is what we noticed until now. Okay, what about other tools? Uh, do you use crowdfunding as well? Yes, because uh, when we are not satisfied with the response that we get from the authorities, that's when we try to put pressure. Uh, sometimes we use online surveys to test the vibe, see what the people of, uh, who signed the petition think. We ask them, do you agree with this position? Do you agree with what the, the officials say or do you not agree? And uh, people are hard to fool. This is, this is when I noticed that... Uh, Damn it. <laughs> yeah, they, they see it. They, I mean, if, the, if the, um, the, the answer is weak, is not well documented, if it's a bad idea, the people will feel it and they will click there and say, sorry, I'm not satisfied with this answer. Let's do something more. And that's when we use crowdfunding, for example, mm-hmm. to fund for um, either a, a, an ad in a newspaper that says, Minister, we are not satisfied with uh, your uh, answer. Please do this. Or uh, we try to, like, for example, buy more online advertisements so that more people know, so that the issue becomes more like mm, visible in the in the society. Yeah, we, we try to find different creative solutions so that uh, people keep talking about that issue and uh, decision makers feel the pressure of the more and more people that uh, challenge them and ask them to for specific action. 
What about communication of it? Like, what do you use here? Do you design some special branding for the campaign? Do you do some, I don't know, landing pages? Any other tools here? Well, we <laughs> we use a lot of tools. That's that's for sure. Take I mean, me through. Uh, every every campaigner at the click has probably 15, 20 different accounts for different pieces of software that okay. do different things. Let's analyze one campaign. Um, let's say we had one day somewhere with there was a problem in one of the hospitals. They noticed that uh, the utensils were cleaned with soap, not with proper hospital disinfectant. And uh, they, there were two whistleblowers that said, this is not okay, we need proper disinfectants, especially because that hospital costs a lot of money and buying proper disinfectant will be quite available for them. Mm-hmm. They, they, they really should have the money for, that, uh, for, uh, for those things. But uh, yeah, they were not listened, so they, they started the hunger strike. And it lasted for several days. And uh, already after two weeks, there was no answer from the Ministry of Health. And that's when we sent an email to a part of the community that was interested in uh, health campaigns. Uh, and uh, we asked them to send a message via WhatsApp on the, on the ministry, uh, for the, 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 the ministry official. And um, yeah, apparently a few thousand people wrote to the, to the ministry. Two hours later, a secretary from the Ministry of Health went there and talked to, to the two whistleblowers and assured them that a control will be made at the hospital, a control has been made to the hospital. And unfortunately there, things got dodgy. Right? One of the, the two whistleblowers got fired. So we asked again, we came up with another idea. She needs to sue the hospital for firing her, uh, but she didn't have the money to, to get the lawyer. Uh, spending a lot of time on a hunger strike doesn't really help with uh, getting enough money to pay for, for a lawyer. So we asked these members, hey, can you please chip in a little bit so that we hire a lawyer for, uh, for uh, this woman? And in one day, all the, all the money was raised uh, by, by people with a the, with the small donation. So now... How much money was that? Uh, a bit over 1,000 euros, mm-hmm. uh, 1,200 euros, something like that. Uh, and uh, this is just basically the first phase in the trial because probably more costs will arise in the, in the future. But the money was gathered from, from the people who cared. Now, in any other way, if you were not to use online tools, you could not put proper pressure on the Ministry of Health because if you don't have the phone number, if, you, uh, yeah, if they don't hear of you, then you don't exist. And uh, to gather money to pay for a lawyer, I mean, standing in the street with a hat doesn't get you very far. I'm, I don't know. I never tried it. Uh, but making an online page, telling people to chip in and having a, a, a good payment solution, it's very easy. And it took uh, basically a campaigner a few days to set up everything, but thousands of people could join that action. There's little other ways in which you could uh, basically with two days of work, to mobilize so many people that can have a meaningful impact at the end of the day. So would you say you are well organized or do you have a rather creative chaos here <laughs> approach? Because I'm trying to, to understand it. <laughs> well, I mean, I have, to, I have to admit that some good ideas come out of creative chaos, but you don't get I'm far not if judging, you're not well organized. No, we, uh, we, I like to think we have a balance between the two. Uh, we are well organized because you need to be well organized. Uh, we also have powerful enemies that, I don't know, if our paperwork would not be in order, a control would come and then they could fine us with more money that we could uh, afford to pay. So we need to be careful with that. Uh, but on the other hand, yeah, good ideas come when, I don't know, you brainstorm for two hours and push yourself to even find out even a better idea than that and a better idea. And uh, this culture in which we want to come up with uh, crazier ideas and funkier ideas every day, 
it's something that we cherish quite a lot and it's 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 something that we in, invest a lot of time and effort in okay what skills does an organization need to have to take your approach of being more campaign driven well i mean th- these are all ideas that were shaped in the days of the russia montana campaign and in those days uh we weren't getting funding from i mean in the early days at least nobody wanted to to fund in those days like crazy activist groups that are not organized under any sort of uh, judicial form we didn't yeah, have an ngo what i mean is that let's say a regular ngo usually sucks at crowdfunding the people very rarely i mean most of the ngos is still run through grants and they rarely uh, do this in general i'm not I'm not even saying as a part of campaign even just for mm. themselves but that would be a campaign for them or they are suck at communication you know just like properly explaining people to what the hell we do and why is it important well that's why it's important to a not suck at communication and b uh, do proper crowdfunding campaigns because if you ask for money and then you're not transparent about how you spend the money if people are not happy with the way you spend the money then they're not going to chip in again so there's a lot of things that you need to be careful with when 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 you work with small donations from from the people such as uh transparency mm-hmm. it's paramount now uh we we what do you show everything basically uh when we buy an ad for example with uh, the people who contributed get the bill at the end we show them the the bill so they see that the payment has been made then uh, every month uh, all the people who 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 made a donation for the click receive a report of the activity of the organization and then each year we make a very big well structured financial report where everybody can also see how we spent all of the money So uh now uh, whoever wants to know how they click spend the 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 1015 late that they gave it's very easy for them to just look in the reports and there's no or should I say there's no mistrust in the middle because they see everything do people look it and check it some of them do yeah some of them trust us directly because it's also people that know us from many years ago and from the Russia Montana campaign mm-hmm. so it's people that also contributed throughout the years in the in the, in different ways for the for the Russia Montana campaign so yeah from this point of view we we uh, there's people that we uh, trust us more and anyway we want to be transparent for those who get to know us only right now so that there's no mistrust in the middle okay so do you think this approach of campaigns especially these days with um I would say more turbulent political situation and not only in Romania but in many countries is uh, is giving you some advantage when advocating for change well i mean fighting against a very bad government definitely helps you bring more people you know a good government will not create like possibilities for huge demonstrations that's for sure however what what we see now at least in Romania it's a kind of wave in politics and uh you really feel as if they are some sort of um, owners of the country mm-hmm. uh which is ideas from 200 years ago it's not it's not i mean we we like democracy we want to live in a democracy and we as citizens want to be more just vote than just voters uh this is why um yeah we want the kind of politicians that listen to us unfortunately these people we have right now rarely do listen to us Yeah but I mean is you know it's like uh let's say traditional approach to uh NGOs that you have programs you know we come up with a project which will last from a year to 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 three years and it has goals milestone blah 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 and everything 
and it was, I think, that it worked better in a more stable political times, you know. But right now you have protests happening in many countries mm. for many reasons. And the situation is changing sometimes rapidly, you know. You have, let's say, you, you have a program where you want to introduce open data, but suddenly you have um, a government which is uh, changing judiciary system. And you have this project and you have money to do it for the next 18 months and you're like... And all of a sudden, nobody cares about open data. Yeah. There's bigger problems. Yeah. yeah. So what would you say are the biggest advantages of doing the uh, campaign model? Well, I mean, if I look back to the previous years, and if I put myself in the position one year ago, and if mm-hmm. I would have to write a project that would fund the things that we did this year, I would not know where to start. I mean, uh, we reacted all the time to the things that uh, happened in, uh, in the political arena, and those are impossible to predict. I could have not known what, exactly what is going to happen to be able to write a funding application to a funder and then spend that money in the way in which I thought one year from one year before. So this is why I'm thinking that uh, this model of project-based activity has some limitations that keep you actually from like shifting society in a good direction when bad things happen. Uh, I've seen the difference between addressing an issue when it's in the news and addressing it one week later. One week later, nobody cares. You need to you need to come up with a plan and an idea the moment it's in the news, the moment people hear of it. Uh, if you think of, oh, I need to approve this payment for this solution, for this activity, but I had this activity planned for only one month from now, let me talk to the funders, see if they allowed to, to change everything. And this... These are the kind of things that make your work kind of impossible in this uh, system in which you have to be very fast and very quick with the things that um, you propose to to your members and to the people that listen to you. Do you have any donor money? Uh, yes, we, we still have some, uh, um, some grants from uh, foundations, but uh, we always choose the kind of foundations that give us the liberty. Yeah, that's what to, I wanted to, to ask, whether that money is... I mean, uh, they probably don't they understand the nature of your work and how do you tell them that this is basically we have to plan for the things we cannot plan so so we explained at the beginning we want to do this uh, and we will jump on every po- opportunity that arises in this field and if they yeah if they didn't i think that it's better to look at intentions or where you want to get rather than say I, you did not have 30 participants in this workshop, which is, I mean, what's the difference? 25, 30 participants, it's important that people talk about things, that they hear about things. You know, it's, yeah. So th- th- in my opinion, this is, uh, they can only be beaten, these people that in politics that try to shift things f- towards illiberal regimes, as they call it right now. I think they can only be beaten through people power and through teams that work very well with a lot of people. And that is not something that you can put in a project application. That's not something that you could, you could, I don't know, plan in advance, put in a Gantt diagram and all these kind of things. You need to be very creative and you need to be very fast. And if the people who support you for what you do are willing to take also that risks, and up until now, a lot of individual people gave us money understanding that uh, those risks, and we managed to do great things together. Funders... Well, sometimes they they tend to be quite quite stiff and quite uh, like um, well inflexible about 
uh, the way in which you should spend that money. And anyway, it's their money, their decision. They they do it anyway. But I'm looking from the other side of the of the yeah of the barricade. Let's put it like this. If I see like lots of people printing materials that nobody reads, organizing events that everybody gets bored at, that's not going to change the world. You mm-hmm. need people informed, people that put pressure on the authorities. And if that means going out to a protest, then do go out to a protest. If that means, I don't know, uh, paying for a report so that we understand the problem better, let's do that. You know, But the the people that come together with these small donations put us in a much better position where we could have a say rather than a project that might give us three times the money, four times the money, but we need to spend that money in sideways. In, okay, in okay so is- you convinced me now. So let's say I, I have uh, I have this small NGO based in some Central European country and I want to do my first campaign. What would be the things I should avoid? Like what, what you have learned by doing all those campaigns, like your mistakes? <laughs> Well, it's a, it should be a thick book with <laughs> things that uh, you, you, you could avoid. But like uh, always having a plan, always being two steps in front of your opponent, I think is the key to like being successful in the things that you do. Predicting their moves and being able to uh, mobilize the others and more and more people to, to make a stand against what they do. It's something that is paramount. It's, it's, it's the most important thing. Basically, know all the time what you're doing and make sure that you are doing will get you there. I've seen so many people getting sidetracked in ideas that look interesting, are fun in some ways, but unfortunately don't get you anywhere. You see? So uh, this is like the first advice. Uh, make a plan. Think in three years, five years, where you want to be at. As an organization, but... As an organization, okay. but also like what's your plan? Do you see yourself doing these things as an activist, as a campaigner as whatever uh, it's it's very important to do all of the things that are part of the strategy because they all add up if everything is done chaotically then it will not add up to something coherent and you will not be uh, successful uh, or uh, well at least plan for something that you know when you are successful and you mm-hmm. are not know what's the difference between uh, one campaign and a campaign that still needs to be uh, fought for winning okay how do you design for action like how do you think of ideas which you will know that will mobilize people in various stages of the campaign? Well, it's a, it's a good thing to ask around, <laughs> to <laughs> test ideas, see how people react. Uh, with the online tools, it's very easy. You can send, you can select a random amount of people from your list. Well, in our case, uh, it's, that's very easy because it's a, it's a big list. And you can send to, I don't know, 1,000 people, ask them to fill in a survey, test the idea first and then see if it's if it will go or not. And uh, these online tools allow you to come up with even better ideas because you can refine them, you can optimize them a little bit before you come out with something that you propose to everybody. And uh, this is an approach that we try and do even more and more in detail. And uh, it's gotten us to to the level in which when we propose something to the whole community, it's something well thought through. Uh, We uh, we rarely come up with... uh, uh, things when we say sorry that was a misunderstanding sorry that part we didn't understand well because people need to trust you and for this you need to be 100% sure of the things that you that you propose to them okay so what, what happens when the campaign ends like how do you define I mean you start with a petition so there is some goal did you have campaigns which were let's say which didn't meet your criteria of success well some end in glorious victories some <laughs> end in bitter defeat that's life okay. uh, so what happens when you have a defeat we we are honest about it. The, the, I think that the biggest mistake would be to 
try to make a bitter defeat look like a victory. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. people are going to tell the difference. It's you can't really fool people. So being honest about something is quite natural. And uh, assumptions that you made and they did not work should be explained to all the people that stood behind you as a campaigner in that uh, in that activity. And yeah, each time when, uh, for example, we we at some moment we uh, asked for money for a lawsuit, we lost the lawsuit. We told everybody, sorry, we lost the lawsuit. It was bad. And uh, people were not angry at us. That That's something that uh, uh, I was very happy of. They say, yeah, no worries. Next next lawsuit will win. They didn't say, hey, you lost the lawsuit. Give me my money back. Mm-hmm. I No, they were all very positive and very understanding. And the connection that was created uh, in front of a defeat actually helped us build better ways in which we work together so that the next one will be a glorious victory. Okay, so it's like also allowing you to form a relationship. Yeah, yeah. With people. Okay, within the community you have, do you do you somewhat analyze the people who are there? Like, do you know who is like most active, less active? Like, do you select people in the beginning where you, when you start the campaign? Like, okay, we have to talk more to women, or you just. No, we don't. We don't separate uh, because uh, we we never ask people like super personal details, and we we don't go Cambridge Analytica on them to I don't know. We we treat the uh, the data we have from our members with a lot of respect, and uh, we treat the privacy aspect uh, with uh, a lot mm-hmm. of importance. So uh, yes, we can see that some people were interested in campaigns on the environment, for example. We segment the list and we send an email okay. only to those interested in the environment. Uh, but some of the issues are so important and so big that we want to let everybody know. So that's when we send an email, and sometimes we do send that's an email to almost people? yeah to, wow. to everybody in the community. That must be a nice email system you have here. It's uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of engineering behind it. But um, yeah, and just out works. of curiosity, do you use your custom tool or do you, do you use some uh, some system? Yes, we, we started with uh, open source tools, mm-hmm. and then we found limitations to it, especially when the community grew quite big, and then we started using more and more custom tools that are built in collaborations with other organizations that are similar to the Click. So, what do you use? It would be names names that only mean something to 10, 15 people in this world. So it, it's not try me. <laughs> Well, one of them is called Speak Out, for example. Okay. What is it? Well, uh, it's different softwares that do different parts of this strategy. So there's one where uh, that keeps the database. There's mm-hmm. another one that creates those landing pages for petitions. Uh, there's another one for sending uh, like uh, WhatsApp texts. There's another one for... What's that, the name of the WhatsApp tool? Uh, slips my mind right now. I, I need to open my computer. Okay, I will put it into the description. Yeah, I, I have bookmarks in okay. uh, in, uh, in the computer for everything. So yeah, all of these put, tools put together give us possibility to reach people via email, via Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, via SMS or WhatsApp if it's needed, so that we give them something uh, something to do that reaches them very easy through the medium which they prefer. Some people like to read the email. Some people uh, want to want to see something on Facebook. It's fine by us. We just let everybody know when we have an idea, when we have a, a call for action, we put it out there so that people can can join. And uh, these softwares that we try to uh, that we use and that we try to update all the time allow us now with the push of a button to reach so many people. But okay. a lot of effort has been put into into designing them. And uh, how many tools in total do you do you use? Wow, fifteen twenty different wow. solutions for different. <laughs> problems 
for example, uh, now we try to, I, I attended the, um, the session about artificial intelligence, mm -hmm. for example. We want to introduce a chatbot because okay. one single person cannot talk with, I don't know, 10,000 people about an issue. But a well-trained chatbot could give them solutions so that, uh, yeah, they with just like uh, a feed, uh, feed, a message that pops into your uh, uh, Facebook or whatever messenger, you can have already uh, answers to your other questions and also solutions to how to take action. And that you only set once. And the difference between if it's accessed by 10,000 or 20,000 people, it's minimal. Otherwise, with other tools, with other methods, the difference between getting 10,000 or 20,000 people is, the, is, is huge. It doubles the cost, it doubles the time, it doubles the efforts. With these tools that we use online, it's... it's was, the, was the GDRP an issue for you? Oh yeah, it was. I uh, I had some worries, <laughs> uh, but then I read the the, the text and uh, yeah. Wow, uh, someone read it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, I I think it's it's common sense stuff there. It, uh, we had to update some of the things that we had uh, on our platforms, but uh, but you didn't lose anybody. Um, no, probably not. The referendum against uh, the for the definition of the family, where we took a very strong uh, position on one of the sides, mm -hmm. caused us more member loss than GDPR. Oh, really? And still, it wasn't so many people. It was, yeah, very few people. Interesting. But GDPR, uh, per, uh, in my opinion, it, it was a good thing. And uh, I know that a lot of people uh, were not happy with the updates that mm -hmm. they had to do to different platforms and all the paperwork and all the, the, the hassle. But at the end of the day, we need to treat people's data with yeah, the respect with uh, it deserves. So I, receive, I still receive even now lots of phone calls because somehow my phone number got put Same in different here. databases. And each time I ask those operators, how did you get my number? All, I always get the response, it was automatically generated by a computer. It's the same odds when you win the lottery. You know? How yeah. come a uh, computer generates my number all the time? So this is not something that we would do. We would, uh, if uh, somebody gave us the, one of the click members gave us the phone number, we will always contact them via telephone as long as they agree to, to mm -hmm. do it. If they ask us to erase that number totally from the database, it's erased from the database. And never under any circumstance, we don't give other people member data uh, from, uh, from the click. Okay, good. Um, well, I mean, that's a huge database. I'm pretty sure many marketers would, would love to uh, have a sneak peek there. Um, okay, so... Attempts have been made, requirements have been <laughs> pushed to us, but we always said no. Okay, so you mentioned other organizations who use similar software. So when you think of the campaign, do you just come up with this on your own and do you actually look for some examples of campaigns in other countries? We, we steal a lot of ideas from other people. <laughs> uh, but this was like the mindset from the Russia Montana campaign uh, in the early days. We realized that by doing whatever like the, 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 the classic NGOs were doing in Romania would not help us stop this mine. We needed to be a bit more creative and maybe a bit more uh, like look into more other sources. For instance, we've seen that film called The Yes-Men with two activists... Uh, that uh, created a fake website and they said that they are from the World Bank mm -hmm. and then they would be invited to meetings when they where they would say outrageous things. Now, when a fax came to us from the Football Federation asking for a sponsorship from the mining company and they mistook the number and sent the, the, the fax to us instead of the, uh, to the, the Gold Corporation, 
we didn't say, hey, stupid football federation, you mistook the number. Uh, it's not the, the gold corporation here, it says. We replied back and said, yeah, let's meet. So we went there and we we uh, we talked to them as if, uh, yeah, we are representatives of the company. And they said outrageous things. And then, Did you record that or something? Yeah, yeah, it was recorded. It was it made a big fuss at that moment in in Romania, but it it was possible because we've seen these two activists mm -hmm. that did more or less the same thing. So we basically took their idea and uh, came up with something original on our own, and yeah, uh, convinced every football fan in Romania that the gold mining project in Russia Montana it's a bad thing, because the uh, the chief of the football federation would agree that the football players would drink cyanide from the cyanide pond, for example. And all sorts of, he even said, to hell with the supporters. Outrageous things. And this was happening in an environment where the gold corporation had absolutely no idea what's happening. It was a negotiation between the football federation and some activists that they thought that they're uh, part of the, the, the management of the gold corporation. And lots of these like, small campaigns, small ideas, we observe all the time in other countries. And then if it's something that worked in their context, we try to make it work also in the Romanian context. And we don't really, uh, we, we try to expand as much as possible the, the, the circle of ideas, because more ideas will mean that the one that is suited to your activity, to your campaign, will more likely to be found out there. If you only search for two or three things that other groups do, or if you only search inside your head, there's there's going to be a limit to to the ideas that you come up with. Okay, so I think that you know many NGOs who either are, have a small operation or were established in more uh, stable times, they think about doing more brave things with campaigns. Uh, what would be your basically advice to them? You know, if they think about doing their first one. Well, the first advice would be uh, expand the circle. Let citizens, let as many people as possible have a say. Let, uh, try to find ways in which they can contribute with something. Because the sum of the activities that 10 people do will be shorter than the sum of activities that 100 people do. And if somebody likes wants to compose a protest song and then upload it on YouTube or whatever, let them do that in support of your cause. You know, if, uh, I don't know, you get uh, lawyers that want to help, let them help. But it's it's good to have the, the mindset in which people feel welcomed to come up with ideas and then you treat them with, uh, yeah, the, the respect and the, the, the dedication for the work that they, 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 for the work that they do. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much for your time. Uh, I will put the links to your, some of the campaigns and to the tools. Uh, in the description if you will be uh, kind enough to provide us with them and yes that's it thank you thank you very much and uh, good luck in uh, future campaigns <laughs> bye